This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, uh, late Wednesday afternoon, about, about 26 hours or so, 26 and change, away from the beginning of the 2020 NFL Draft. Your host here, Jeff Lloyd. Um, look, guys, we couldn't get this party started without sitting down with big brother Stephen Thomas. Steve, we're going to ask for a couple things from me before we get rolling here. A, what's the state of the affairs on the West Coast? And B, um, obviously been pushing this new project here with the lack of stage time. So let everybody know where they can kind of help you out here as we all try to do what we can to move forward here. Oh, thanks, man. I, I appreciate that. And thanks for having me on, as usual. I always, Especially this time of year because there's so much fun stuff to talk about. Um, love coming on with you. Uh, well, everybody's good out here, you know, uh, hanging on. Like everybody else, uh, you know, family is all safe and healthy. Had the mother-in-law in the hospital uh, about a week or so ago. She was there for 10 days or so, but she kicked COVID's ass. So uh, we're happy about that. We're thrilled about that. Everybody else thus far has been healthy as far as we know, uh, which is the important thing. You know, I just, there's a lot of people arguing about a lot of stuff right now. I just want my family to be alive come Christmas time. Uh, I'll figure the money part out. On the other end, that I can figure that out. There's always there's always work at the post office. You know what I mean. Uh, so you know I'll I'll figure something <laughs> out. As far as the uh, I did put out the new CD uh, a couple of weeks ago because, uh, like you said, uh, you know stand up comedy just doesn't exist right now. I have no idea when it will come back. Uh, so you can go to at, at Brown's Mock Draft uh, on, and I've got links on there uh, to. That CD, my old CD, I have a uh, the Stephen Thomas Comedy Channel on Pandora, which is free. Uh, you know, I have Spotify playlist that I'm on, which is also free. If you don't want to, you know, spend the money to download a, a CD on Amazon Prime or uh, on Amazon Music or uh, Apple Music or any place like that, that's totally fine. If you just add the the channel or the playlist, listen to it every so often, give it a like, maybe retweet it. That helps me as well without costing you a penny. So. Uh, Thanks for that uh, platform. I appreciate that. It, 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 the easiest way to find everything about me is right there on Twitter at Browns Mock Draft because, you know, since the whole COVID situation started, I'm on there even more than I was before. So it's a it's a really unhealthy amount of time on social media. So that's where to find me. Well, at least, you know, you're smart enough to find the time to sign off every evening with Goodnight Miss Calabash, wherever you are. <laughs> um, as we roll in here in tomorrow night, Steve, <laughs> I know you too well. You know this. Um, now, the dream, 10 overall. Steve, give us your dream scenario. Give us the part where that may call a night for you at pick 10. And where are you on what is okay as far as the tradeback scenario, as far as too far isn't too far? Well, the dream scenario, uh, if you want me to get actual dreamy, um, I think it was Sobo. No, it was Mark Sessler uh, tweeted out something. They did a mock <laughs> where they traded down to 14 and still got Andrew Thomas. That would be... I mean, I would run naked down the street at that at that point. But, you know, if you want to talk realistic, the dream for me is Andrew Thomas uh, at 10 because uh, he would be I like all four of the, you know, the tier one guys that everybody talks about. But if you ask me to pick one, Thomas would be my guy. So if he's there at 10, 
put your phone on do not disturb run the card up and you know we're on our merry way drinking beer watching the next 22 picks that's the easiest thing for me but as you and i have talked you know talked it to death for the last few months um there are uh, numerous scenarios involving a trade down that you know while you may not be getting andrew thomas you look at it at when you come out the other end through the simulators after you've made the trades and made the picks and who could be in this range and that range and you go you know what that's that's actually not that damn bad i'd be okay with that and you know the rumors are flying this time of year and you know uh, rumors this time of year there's always is how much of it is bullshit is it complete bullshit is it 50% bullshit or is this actually a rumor you know so uh, we've heard Denver, uh, we've heard the Raiders, we've heard uh, Tampa, we've heard Atlanta, we've heard Miami the past few days, we've heard the Patriots. You know, I've even seen uh, Minnesota, the Eagles, and and the Saints thrown in uh, as far as uh, trading up to 10. For me, the team's in the 20s, unless it's the Eagles and they're going to give up 53 and something else this year and maybe something next year. I don't know that I could go back that far unless it's in a double trade down scenario, which you and I have discussed. Um, realistically, in a trade down, it's probably going to be uh, either Denver or Atlanta. That would be my guess. Uh, unless this Miami taking a tackle early and then trading back up for their quarterback thing has legs to it, in which case I could get actually kind of excited about that because Miami has, if, if picks were people, Miami would be China and we could you know, apply the QB tax uh, trade up tax to them. And you might be able to get 18 and 26. You might be able to get 18, 39 and 70 plus, you know, something next year. Cause they have a, a stash of picks next year. So that would be interesting to me uh, as far as a single trade down. Now this assumes of course, that they like all the smoke about the tier two tackles that they like Ezra Cleveland, that they like Austin Jackson, that they like Josh Jones, all these guys, all that's true. And they think that they can get a, an early starter out of those guys. Um, because then if you're still getting a guy, you think you can start and you've added all that extra capital. I mean, that's a win-win uh, right there. As far as the Patriots go, the Patriots are interesting to me in that they had, yeah, they do have a ton of picks this year, but after pick 23, they have nothing until 87. And if I'm dropping 13 spots from the top 10 in the first round, I'm getting a second rounder. So there's two ways. If we're going to look at the Patriots as a realistic option, that they could overcome the lack of a second rounder. The the first way would be obvious. You know, you throw in next year's one or next year's one and next year's three plus, you know, a third and a fourth this year or, you know, something like that. It's multiple future uh, uh, first and second round picks to make up for the lack of a two this year. The other thing they could do, Isaiah wins in his fourth year and the Patriots have a history of not preferring to pay offensive linemen their second contract. Some of them they do. But they don't really like to do that. So if you could drop to 23, give me a couple of thirds, uh, and then throw in Isaiah Wynn, that might interest me. I'm not saying I would definitely do it, but that's one way they could overcome their lack of a second-round pick if you're specifically uh, talking about the Patriots, because I like Isaiah Wynn. You and I both liked him coming out, if I recall correctly. And uh, he was injured, but you know, apparently a back to healthy and run, you know, has run his own system before. So... That would be something that would interest me. As far as too far, I, I know that's been a popular topic. I, I don't know where you stand, but again, it depends who you're talking about getting. I mean, if you definitely want to get Josh Jones or Ezra Cleveland and you want to make sure 
then probably the Denver or Atlanta spot, or maybe Miami is about as far as you would go. If you're okay with some of the other guys in that range, or maybe you're, you know, you're going to, you're going to trade pick 97 for Trent Williams and, and pick somebody further down the line, like a Matt Pert or a Sadiq Charles or something like that. Then you could go to 21, 23, something like that. Cause you're not looking for an immediate impact tackle at that point. You could grab, you know, uh, your safety at that spot, or a lot of people want to take a linebacker. I'm not among them, but you know, there's different ways you could go in that specific scenario. So if we're still focused on getting a tackle that we think can step in and play right away, I would say 18 would be the floor. Uh, that I would feel comfortable any further than that. You might get lucky, but you're gambling at that point that one of your guys will still be there. That's just how I feel about it. I'm not sure where you fall. Um, I, I kind of agree with you because then you're getting into that. And you say, well, we didn't have a year. We didn't think of this player. And that's where you get maybe our last jump to Houston for a certain left tackle in Andre Dillard. Um, so you, you get nervous about you know starting to maybe let somebody else smell something that they didn't think they had right. and then it puts that distance um yeah you know ideal scenario maybe would be you know 12 to meters because you know whether or not al davis's energy is in that building you know henry ruggs is somebody they probably think highly of we've all heard from ben albright about denver's interest in henry ruggs so you can kind of dangle that 10 then there's the possibility of a heavy tackle run you know, within the top 10, and maybe there's only one guy left on the board at 10, but which means right. maybe there's some quarterbacks now, and now all of a sudden, you, like you said, the quarterback tack, I think is even if in, this, in a small trade back scenario, if I were to guess one to fall, and it's not a knock on his game, but I think about McCoy, you know, obviously it's not the greatest thing in the world to fail, you know, the test at the combine. That's obviously right. not helpful. But if you look at it, a, a scenario where you were able to go back and switch with the Raiders, and still get Makai back, obviously fleece them for either 80 or 81 and some change on that. It's just like, wow, now you just opened up a, a world of opportunity here because we all agree on the top 100 of this group as far as what's fitting the Browns' knees, whether, you know, which we'll get to here in a minute. But that opens up a whole new, you know, realm. I mean, pulling the curtain away, you know, where you're no longer playing with mystery boxes, you get a lot more within that top 100, knowing you have 115, which, you know, ideally should line up for maybe a wide receiver, maybe defensive tackle, maybe one of the the last of the edges that, you know, a lot of people have faith in as far as being, you know, positive contributors early. Um, we got more to get to here. It's just flying by already here. Stephen Thomas with Jeff Lloyd on Locked On Browns. Uh, guys, do me a favor. Whatever podcasting app you use, um, ratings, reviews, always huge for the show here. Um, obviously, this time of year here, we don't know what we got coming. We know we got a draft coming. We know we're going to have a schedule release somewhere early in May. Um, we'll continue to try you guys with the best content available. Just like just like the show, just like sports, everything here. A road, essentially, with no streets. We don't know where the end of the road is. We don't know where the finish line is. We don't know where the next road's coming here. So do me a favor. Drop a five-star rating and a review for Locks on Browns, whatever podcasting app you are using. Stephen, with what's on the roster now, as far as what's attainable here, and obviously the Browns look that late sixth round pick, the seventh round pick. At that point, you're looking straight BPA. Currently construed 41, 74, 97, 115. You know, though that's good. That's going to be the glue, the foundation of what will hopefully be Andrew Barry's first class. Right 
player needs as far as what you think is attainable here within those four picks? Um, well, I, I mean, it depends on, on what, I mean, we've all pretty much identified left tackle as one, but then when you get to 41, I, I mean, 41, 74, 97, 115, you can make a case for what? I mean, four or five different spots easily. So uh, we would need to know, uh, you know, what they, what they value that that's the wild card. It's been, it's been a tight ship over there. We're not sure which way they were going to go. And they did, they did a very smart thing. They made a lot of one-year deals in free agency so that they plugged the holes so they don't have to reach. And they, that also helped them hide their intentions. So, you know, if you're looking at, at, at you know, day two or the day two picks, I mean, uh, I know most of us that do the simulators a lot, safety is probably the most popular choice, but 41, you could make a case if your safety guy is gone that you grab an edge if one falls, you know, um, if, if a, uh, like an Julian Aquara or apparently they, when they went to Boise, you know, I've heard it said they went out to see two players. They went out to see Ezra Cleveland and they went out to see Curtis Weaver. You know, if you like uh, a Marlon Davidson out there or Bradley and I, I, you could make a case for those guys. You could make a case as you and I did early in the year, especially right up until the point they signed Andrew Billings. You could, you could go for Ross Blacklock or, uh, Justin Matabuke or, or, or Naval Gallimore or Jordan Elliott in that range. Uh, you know, if some of those guys are there, a sneaky need for me uh, would be, and it's probably lower on the list, but if somebody drops a corner, uh, you know, I've seen, and this just blows my mind, but I've seen some people saying Christian Fulton could fall into the second round. Which I, I, I cannot buy that, but if he's sitting there at 41 or even a guy like Jalen Johnson or something, maybe you go outside what you thought you would do and you grab a corner there. Um, 41's the the earliest spot you can make a case for me outside of a trade down scenario where you have a whole bunch of extra picks uh, for going wide receiver. And in that range, generally you're looking at uh, T Higgins, Michael Pittman, Brandon, Ayuk. you know, as far as the simulators go now, of course, you know, standard caveat, we don't know how far off we are on the media boards, but this is the information that we have to go on. So any of those guys would be okay. Uh, you get down into 74 uh, and 97. Now you've opened up, like you said, you can go, any number of ways. The wide receivers in that range, uh, Brian Edwards, uh, Devin Duvernay. I like Van Jefferson. I know you don't like him uh, as much as I do. Tyler Johnson, Antonio Gandy-Golden. There's a whole bunch of guys uh, in that range that you could go for. Um, defensively, I, I think our hope, you and I both hope, in the last couple of weeks it has started to seem less and less likely is that uh, Mr. Logan Wilson is there at 74 because that would be pretty much an auto pick for me if wilson is there at 74 i, I think I'm, I'm taking the card up for him um uh you know uh, jordan brooks in some places is down that far i don't particularly buy that uh malik harrison akeem davis gather willie gay if you can fix yourself up with his off-field stuff i know daryl taylor is an edge that you like and he's generally seen in roughly that range uh, that's another place you could go uh, if you're looking at the slot corners. Uh, uh, Troy Pride and Amik Robertson are generally seen around that range. A little bit further down, 115 area probably, a Javaris Davis or Kendall Vildor or somebody like that. Um, if you miss out on Logan Wilson, you get to 115. Michael Walker is there. I could You could justify that pick to me with him there. Uh, you're even starting to talk about maybe tight end. I know you and I, once they signed Hooper, pretty much wrote tight end off the board. But the last couple of weeks, the smoke has come out that they might be looking again. And so, you know, if, if you get into that range, 
uh, talking about tight end, you're talking about Moss. You're talking about Devin Asiasi. You're talking about maybe Deguara or Dalton Keene, who I think is very underrated. Um, he may be more of a 187 uh, type range there. Um, but there's a lot of ways you could go and, and make a case for it and come out with, like you said, the, you know, after 115, it's, it's all gravy. So if you, if you stop after 115 in that huge gap that we have and look at it, there's a lot of different ways you could go as far as order of position. And within each of those positions, there's three or four guys at each spot that you could justify that once it's all together, you could look at it and go, yeah, I mean, I didn't get every single guy that I wanted, but I'm pretty damn happy with what we got here. So I hate to say things like this, especially about the Browns, but it, it I'm having trouble finding a way they can screw up day one and two. I mean, it, it's going to be, they're going to have to try to come out of it and make us unhappy at the end of day two. I mean, there's just too many guys in the places that they're picking that fit a need and, and would do it well, you know? And if you look at it and you look at it from this way, you know, obviously with 41, um, you know, 73, 97, you look at it when you have those three options, you know, you look at the nation of nickel edge D tackle wide receiver, you know, okay. So you're talking, you know, that amount of picks. So, which is going to you know equate to 64 picks. This is the three type of business groups you're looking at. I think, you know, D tackle you I think it's going to – the cutoff by the time you get to 115 might be over. Edge, there's a couple of gambles. Obviously, the North Dakota State kid later, which may not yes. be later anymore. I think he's picked up a lot of steam. Um, you know, Cornerback is always one of those tricky ones because if you, if you can see enough tape and you say, well, this is exactly what we're going to ask him to do, and this is what he's been doing, so you can maybe get some help, you know, obviously in those later rounds. Tight end, and this is actually funny, a funny one that you went back to this when I had Matt Bowen on about two weeks ago. And he's like, we sure? Are we sure they're done? Is And this is maybe a little bit more difficult now with bringing back a Farrell Brown. I think Farrell Brown fits as far as if something were to happen to Justin Hooper. Um, it's a lot easier to play replace the role that Njoku's going to do. You have Carlson for that role. And what this tight end class brings you is guys who can maybe be that second tight end on the field. So, you know, it does get interesting there, but the depth that what they kind of need here, you know, rounds two and three, it's simple. It's there. You know, obviously, right. you know, there's going to be, if it's not 10, there's going to be a trade back somewhere. So, no, but you look at that and for those really, really confident, um, you hope that you're going to be early into the mix uh obviously saturday it's going to be 115 and then at 115 to 187 that's a deep deep stretch um but you pound it out you're going to feel a little bit more comfortable about that going into you know day three obviously steve you know we're guys that have just i know you have your favorites whether it's a devin a cc or things of that nature but as we hear closer to the line give me two names three names of a guy that it's just as the process has gone on, just continue to essentially, you know, stick with you. Uh, you're talking outside of like the day one guys and not the obvious guys. Absolutely. Yes, of course. Okay. I mean, come on, day one for everybody. Right. right. Okay. <laughs> well, here's an interesting one. And, and I, I don't know. It's gotta be injury re related because Bryce Hall, 
Uh, last year, I know you and I were both fans and were, were both disappointed that he went back uh, to Virginia because he was viewed by many people as day one, uh, many respected people, you know, not idiots like me. And now, I mean, I understand it was a significant injury. I get it. But he's a young guy. He's in great shape. All the reports I've seen are that he's on schedule or ahead of schedule. And I see him rated day three a lot of places, which I just it, it blows me away. So if you get to. Even 97, and you haven't taken a quarter a corner yet, uh, but especially if you get to 115 uh, and he's there, I, I'm, I mean, yeah, positional need always plays into what you consider the best player, the best fit. But, man, I would have a very tough time. And, he, no, he's not a slot. We've been talking almost exclusively about slot corners uh, in Brown's Twitter, but he, and he's not that. But, Man, I, if he gets back to what he was, I mean, he had, you know, lockdown CB1 potential. That would be a guy that I, I would just have a really, really hard time passing on if he gets to 115. Um, and or and not even like I said, even 97, because you can never have too many cover corners. And uh, we, we still don't know for sure about Greedy. So anyway, that that's one guy. Another guy that I like and I've liked for a long time and I like him more and I'm thrilled that he's starting to get some run very, very recently. Like within the last week, I've seen him move up is Michael Walker, uh, the linebacker uh, out of Fresno State. Um, if you miss out on a Logan Wilson or uh, somebody like that and you really want one, and he's around at 115. That's a guy you could easily talk me into. He does everything. And he, and he made the calls for the defense for the last few years. So, you know, he understands not only what to do, but why. Because he, he knows what everybody's supposed to do. He knows why he's supposed to be here. And it's how it fits into what the other 10 guys are doing. So that's a guy uh, for me that I like a tremendous amount. Uh, Jason Strobridge is still very interesting to me. He's probably going to go before uh, uh, we would be looking uh, for someone with his uh, versatility on the defensive line, but he's a guy that's interesting to me. Uh, Laurel Murchison, I think, is still being underrated uh, on the defensive line. That's a guy that I like uh, quite a bit. Uh, if we go over to offense, I still like you know some of the. I mean, I guess they're tier three at this point tackles, but guys that you and I talked about quite a bit back in like December um, and January, in Jack Driscoll and Matt Pert and Ben Barch and. Uh, Prince Tegawinogo is, is just, I mean, I've seen him in like the eighties and the nineties on some boards and that just blows me away. Um, these are guys that, I mean, you don't have to double up, but if you made a trade down and gathered extra picks and then, you know, Matt Pert's sitting there at pick 97 or pick one Oh four that you grabbed in a trade or whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm, you're going to have a really hard time, uh, uh, convincing me that that is a bad move. Like I said, it's just. There's guys that I, I it, it's really hard to screw this up. I mean, it really is because despite what some people want to believe, they don't have just two gaps. There, there's more holes in this team than some of us really want to admit, even myself. And, and so even if it's just a depth role, there's plenty of guys out there at value if we're close on these media boards that are going to help, you know, and maybe not step in and be all pros or anything, but they're going to contribute at least through their first contract. So if you can walk out of it with, you know, four guys of your first six picks that, you know, make it through contributing all the way through their first contract. I mean, that's a W right there. Even if you don't get the Andrew Thomas who, you know, you put at left tackle and forget about the position for the next decade. Even if you don't get that, if you get, you know, those guys, I mean, that's a win. I think, 
I trust this front office because they've, they have gone through free agency getting value and not overpaying and getting guys at positions of need for the right price. And there's no reason for me to believe they won't do the same thing in the draft. So I think we're in for a fun few days here coming up. Yeah, I do agree with you there. And that's, you know, what's gotten me, you know, gets me a little bewildered when somebody becomes available, whether they've been cut or they're a free agent and thinking that this group as intelligent as they are and have spent, you know, almost a hundred days on this plan, all of a sudden are just going to say, you know what, rip it up, throw it out. There's a free safety with a huge injury history that the Colts no longer want or to pay his contract to. So let's give up top assets for him. Um, and guys, look, if you want to go chase down a safety, see what the Jets would actually take for Jamal Adams. Take the guy who plays all the time. It makes a huge, huge impact. Right. You know, not the guy that it's intermittent. And guys, look, I love you. It's not an Ohio State thing. Remove the jersey. Look at the player. If the Colts are getting rid of him and the Colts are all in for this year, all in, that's what happens when you sign to Phillip Rivers. Makes you think twice about a guy like Malik Hooker. We're going to get to some overall draft questions here with Steve here in a second. Um, make sure again, you're checking out on Pandora, Stephen, uh, Stephen Thomas comedy channel. Guys, trust me. It's good. His comedy relates. And I'm telling you right now, if you're married, you got kids, you get it. You get it a ton. <laughs> I'm telling you, you truly get it. And you, you get the, and there's a great one of, I'm no, I'm getting old, but I'm not older. And guys check it out. Um, uh, along with that, um, everything, um, guys, look, Everybody has their vices in life and what they truly enjoy. We're sports fans. Anybody who's listening to this podcast, you're a sports fan. Don't feel guilty about this. Uh, everybody still loves music. Everybody still loves to read whatever movies or programs are on television. They still get to do all that. We're diehard sports fans. We get some action here this week. We feel guilty about it. feel disingenuous about it. Let's enjoy Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday. It's a little taste here along with uh, you know, the Jordan documentaries which is fantastic to this point. But uh, don't feel guilty about getting something slightly back in your life that you guys truly, truly enjoy. I guess we have this one first. Steve, what you think of the first two of the Jordan documentary? Uh, honestly, I haven't had a chance to watch them, to be honest. They're in the DVR. Uh, but I was alive during the time, so, oh. you know. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Through two episodes, there was definitely – I thought there was going to be nothing I didn't know. And I'm going to tell you right now. Obviously, you go through the, you know, there's going to be stuff through two episodes that you did not know. And that was kind of kept hidden, which is more and more. Let's get to this, Steve. Now, look, me and you have had plenty of times where we've done these podcasts and trying to figure out the technical aspects of it. Yeah. <laughs> there's going to be guys 20 years older than us. And we've got a GM in Seattle who is apparently having walls removed from his house. Make sure he can get the. Can you imagine. You're talking to you. Like, I talk to my mom, and I'm like, "Well, I sent you a picture of girls. Where? Where'd you send? On your phone? Where? What? Huh? You know." So it requires me a ride 12 minutes out of my way to actually go there, open up the phone, and show her said picture. Just this whole part of it, it, and this is the part which makes for an absolute possible shit show. And I think we're all kind of there for it because if we can get some laughs along with doing something that we truly enjoy and watching the NFL draft. There's the makings here where this could be really, really, really bad. Yeah, I, I got I to gotta be honest. I'm looking forward to the draft like I always do. But like you, I am a fan of Team Chaos. And, that, you know, 
shit just crashing and falling down around people is hysterical to me, even when it's happening to me. So the potential for this, for these guys who, you know, don't don't get on the snap face and now they're they're trying to run <laughs> billion dollar franchises through, you know, like, what is he doing in Seattle? I, dude, move the router. I mean, even I know that, you know, I, for, <laughs> for God's sake, what are you knocking down? If you want to put on a wing to your house, put on a wing to your house. Don't blame the draft. Come on. It's it, I, I, I mean, obviously, the chalk joke on this is Gettleman. Uh, everybody has been banging on him for weeks. But, you know, I, I, who knows what the Bengals are going to do at one. I mean, you know, Mike Brown has a reputation for, let's say, being frugal. Uh, I I would not be surprised if he's been bogarting his neighbor's Wi-Fi for 20 years. So, you know, if the if the Andersons change their password tomorrow morning, you know, we could be in for fun right off the top of the draft. I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be fascinating to see how they do the interviews, too, with the guys, uh, you know, because some people will still have six or eight family members with them, you know, and it'll be loud and. I don't know. Anybody who says they know how it's going to happen, this is unprecedented on a world scale. So when you apply it to an event like the NFL draft, which is at its nature unpredictable and nobody knows what's going to happen, who knows, man? I, I mean, I think I, all I know is I think it's going to be fun. I, I think we're going to have a good – I'm going to set the over-under for the first round actually ending at 2.30 in the morning. Yes, uh, it, it, that would be – in my in my guess, in my estimations, that's going to be a kind, kind estimate – what I'm waiting for <laughs> is when directors and somehow a screen gets moved <clears throat> and we get like a Caddyshack where Smalls is picking his nose yes. and like, you know, like, oh, I bet you 10 bucks the fat kid picks his nose. And, you know, whether it's get him on the joke, all this, or there's some guy there not realizing, you know, forgetting that the red light's on and he's a thumb deep out there trying to escape some sort of crater in the northeast region of the right nostril you know, while discussing whether or not. They're going to move pick 17 for pick 12, which is going to affect everyone's future, his wife, his kids, the dog, for God's sakes. And this guy's literally trying to move a crater. Or, and who was that? I forget what franchise it was. It was going to be a freaking way to bingo in the freaking driveway. I mean, yeah. The Langston's prices <laughs> are going for and it's, it's It's mind-boggling. And look, I do get it because, you know, look, you lose power or whatever. Coaching on the iPads. Yeah, trust me, I certainly relate to that one. It's just it's a shame. There should be some way where they have these scrubs where they've got a stand up comic ready to go, like, okay, and just chimes right in here. Because there could be a bloopers reel or not even, I mean, a 30 for 30 just based on this first <laughs> night here. Well, let me try to get activated. If you know, the Bengals can make their pick and think, hey, we're good. We picked one overall. Shut everything to freak down while seven teams are trying to get to him saying, hey, do you want pick 27 to get an offensive tackle to go with the quarterback you just drafted? Yeah, I, I mean, I, there's so many potential. I mean, obviously, everybody's been tweeting out who's the first guy that actually is, you know, on a porn site or something like that. But I'm, I'm waiting for the first guy to actually accidentally tweet out a p- picture of his foot. Or so, you know what I mean? It's it, or like I don't know when I when I try to Skype or uh, Facetime with my parents who are in their seventies, we always they always move the 
the camera. So I'm looking at like one quarter of the top left of their hair. I can't actually see them, you know, and I, mom, move the camera back. I'm waiting for something like that. You know, uh, I don't know. I have no idea what's going to, all I know is, you know, I don't think Andrew Barry is going to have that problem since, you know, we're letting the computer pick for us anyway, according to some people. Auto drafts. Yes. And I also go back to the uh, the Modern Family episode where Claire did everything through the uh, MacBook Pro and FaceTimes dad. And how'd you get my phone? And has no <laughs> idea what's going on. You know, things of that nature here. But the first uh, round itself, Steve. Um, <laughs> that's a great one. And I'm so, I'm so upset. And the thing that kills me is most of the reruns have subsided now, now that the show's gone, which kills me even more because that's not about the reruns. Um, but the first round itself, obviously, you know, we know now Cincinnati, you know, and good for Cincinnati, golf clubs, don't screw it up. Keep it simple, stupid. You don't have an opportunity for this often. Go get the guy. You know, at least get some pieces on offense, figure out the defense. Actually, even after a, a decent free agent, Cincinnati in that front. This top ten is going to be interesting because you look at the quarterbacks, to a Herbert. You look at the tackles, it could get heavy there. You have two defensive tackles that could warrant consideration there. Then there's the, you know, how thirsty are you for one of these wide receivers in that top 10? Right. So the top 10 is going to be really, really interesting. It could go costly bad for the Browns, or it could go so seamlessly where, you know, the Browns can get to 10 and say, well, whew, wow, we didn't see this opportunity coming. Yeah, absolutely. Because outside of the first three, and I know there's trade rumors about Washington and, and Detroit. Detroit, maybe a little bit more, but I, I got to be honest, if it doesn't go Burrow, Young, Okuda, I'm going to be extremely surprised. I, I honestly, I think the draft starts at four uh, this year. And the, and, and the trade for Detroit, I think it's pretty obvious it would be Miami. And so they'd be picking Okuda at five. So I, 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 I'll be surprised if, if that isn't the top three. But after that, yeah. I know you and I still think uh, Simmons to the Giants is, is a definite possibility, although this, the tackle smoke has been heavy there. Um, the Miami's making all kinds of noise about how they're going to go tackle instead of quarterback. I don't know that they're going to. <laughs> Good luck with you, that. You, you could make a case for about three different positions for the Chargers. Personally, I think if Herbert is there, I think that just makes too much sense. Uh, for them, I, I to be honest, as far as somebody who could steal an unexpected uh, team who could steal a tackle uh, in front of us, I think the, the Panthers are much bigger threat than the Chargers. To be perfectly honest, I I can see the Panthers because they have a lot of needs. But if they think you know, let's say it's Andrew Thomas, if they think he's the guy, and they they're not as high on the uh, defensive tackles as some of us have been led to believe and the phone lines aren't burning up. I could see them snagging one in front of us. I think Arizona and um, uh, Jacksonville are going to be super interesting as far as the Browns are concerned, because they're both prime trade spots. Um, whether it be for, like you said, thirsty, somebody thirsty for a quarterback that moves up, which has been gaining steam recently, or which is a rumor that's like two or three weeks old is that could be where the trade-ups for the wide receivers start. And that, like you said, it's Denver, it's Philadelphia potentially. Uh, uh, and you know, the Raiders, that's one of the things, if you get to 10 and you're, you're talking about uh, the Browns trading down both Denver and the Raiders, you can, you know, play them against each other. Absolutely. Put, put them in a, in a steel cage match and see if you can get, them to give up more than they normally would just to spite each other, you know, I mean, 
I, I can see a pretty reasonable scenario, unlikely, but reasonable scenario where all of the tackles are still there uh, when the Browns pick at 10. I can also see a reasonable scenario where all of the tackles are gone. So I, it's hard to predict in any given year, but with a tackle class like this and the, and the dearth of tackle talent in the NFL, plus there's, you know, if you include Jordan Love in it, as some people still do, there's four guys that could go top 15 or even top 10 at the quarterback position. It's, 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 it's fascinating. It's going to be really interesting to see how it finally all shakes out. But I think the thing that we have done in Brown's Twitter, you and I have done, and we know that Andrew Barry and his team have done is they're prepared. And there are interesting and potentially profitable trade down opportunities from as close as 12 to as far as, you know, 25 with the Vikings, you know, I, that you could do and still come away with one really good draft class. So again, no matter how it shakes out, I, I, unless they go way off the walls on us, I, I find it hard to believe we are going to be walking out of Thursday night as Browns fans unhappy. I think it's going to be a good night for us. And there's four different ways that it could go that, that could make us happy. Yeah, I agree with you. I think there's the theory of, and you look at it from the old man perspective, where you just walked out with the Cadillac, where the tackle you wanted was there at 10. All yep. right, let's come back tomorrow. We go back to work. Or it's, all right, we didn't get the Cadillac. We got a brand new Toyota Camry, which is fully functional. But guess what? We got a bunch more swings at the plate here. So there's the two-pronged approach of looking at it that way. Right. Before we start put a bow on it, Steve, Tua, Jerry Judy, you believe in any of this? I mean, two has obviously been probably the most difficult eval because it's, you know, blank information. And when you're talking about a hip, it's pretty essential at 21, 22 years old. You're going to need that hip. And then there's the Judy <laughs> stuff, in which however you look at it, you know, oh, well, smoke, smoke, smoke. But when Adam Schefter mentions it, it gives it some credence here. So yet here we are again, yet another draft, yet closing in on actually getting this puppy started in from the most predominant program as far as producing athletes year in, year wise for the NFL draft. Question marks slash unknowns in what is the weirdest draft any of us have been around ever. Yeah, it's strange because normally when this injury stuff comes out, in the last second like this, I tend to dismiss it because if it was actually serious and as far as I know, the Judy stuff was from a while ago. Right. And so why didn't we hear about it before that, that tells me it's somebody trying to get him to drop or, uh, you know, cause uh, confusion or whatever. The Tua stuff has been ongoing since he got hurt last year. So I, I don't know what to make of it. I, I mean, as far as I know, and I don't have access to all of the NFL doctors, but everything that's been made public is that, you know, he's basically fine. He's, he's good to go. I mean, you never know with a hip, but he seems good to go. So to me, if I'm taking a chance, I mean, at some point you got to believe the doctors, you know? So if you believe the doctor, then you look at the film and the film to me is pretty damn good. So if he's sitting there at five and you're the dolphins, you better have a serious other plan or, you know, you, you really do like Justin Herbert better as has been rumored. I, you know, you, we know it in, in Brown's land, and you've known because you've been here four years now. We know how to talk about quarterbacks in the draft. We don't. We don't know how to actually draft them, but we know how to talk about them in the draft. So 
the one rule that you come back with is if you are in a position to take a guy that you think is the franchise uh, under center, don't fuck around, take him, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, that's basically what it comes down to. So uh, you're, you're going to sit in that room tomorrow night if you're the Dolphins and, and it comes to five and two is still sitting there and you go, okay, who is it? Everybody put in your votes or, you know, whatever, however, whatever, whatever, uh, fashion they do it in you know well what do we think is he the guy yes no yeah bang okay done over you forget it much like we're hoping that our guy is there at 10 at tackle like if andrew thomas is there turn in the card and let's drink some beers for 22 picks and forget about it i i, I would do the same thing because you know you, you spend a top five pick on a quarterback you, you're hoping he's there for at least a decade i don't know what to make of this stuff that the, the medical stuff is stuff that guys like you and i we i we only know what they tell us and we don't know how much of it they tell us. Usually it's not a lot. So when it comes up late like this, that usually signals to me that it's garbage. But like you said, with Alabama's history, they put their guys through the ringer down there. And so an Alabama injury, is it the same as a different? I don't know. I'm not sure. I think the thing with Judy, as far as the wide receiver goes, unless you have him light years graded ahead of the other guys in that same uh, range, I, I don't think it, if you have any question at all, you just move to your next guy because they're probably all graded pretty close. Uh, that would be my thought anyway. Yeah, and it, it does make sense in that respect. And actually, it's this is one where it, it, it it's tough because, I mean, you look at two and everything you want, the leadership skills, will the guys follow the quarterback? Everything there just seems to check boxes for days. And Judy, you know, hearing the story about, you know, the younger sister and, you know, just absolutely crushing and, you know, seeing what he's trying to accomplish here as, you know, he grows into a, a full grown adult and things he wants to be able to do to help people similar to his family and what they went through. It's tough in that regard. And, and you hate to see these type of kids get knocks here. And it was weird. We weren't sure if we were going to get here this year. It took a while, but all of a sudden here we are 48 hours before. And, you know, everybody's, you know, seems a lot of stuff's trying to blow up some kids spots with, which, you know, look, it wasn't going to change. It was still going to be the NFL draft. It was only a matter of when it was going to happen here. Steven, before we put a bed to, uh, put this one to bed, other than one, two, three, anywhere between four and ten, give me a top ten selection player to team that you feel supremely confident in. Oh, geez. Uh, from four to ten. Well, until about four days ago, I, you and I were both simpatico on Simmons to the Giants, but Oh, goodness gracious. I'm going to say Herbert to the Chargers. I, I just, I, because I still think the Dolphins are going to go to, uh, I think it's all garbage. I think this is all jockeying. I really don't buy any of it. If when it comes, when I put the chips down, um, I, I still think the Dolphins are going to go to, and I just think, unless they sign Cam, I, I, I just, I, it makes too much sense because I just don't see him as much as I like Tyrod as a guy. I don't see them rolling with Tyrod. Um, it, it, and you know, Tyrod's good enough to win you eight or nine games. And then next year you're drafting out of position to try and grab a, a, you know, a franchise quarterback. You're stuck in that, that mid round selection. So these chances don't come around very often. So if you force me to pick one between four and 10, yeah, cause I really think Arizona and Jacksonville are going to trade out. Panthers could go any number of ways. Uh, I'm going to go, yeah, either Tua to the Dolphins or Herbert to the Chargers. Those those would be my guys. That I think that's where the quarterbacks are going to go. I think I like Herbert to the Chargers from where you're coming here. 
because and, and like you said, there's no way you decide after all these years you're severing the relationship with Philip Rivers. And to this point, you've done nothing. Nothing. And then now you're going to tell us, oh, it's going to be Tyrod's team. Yeah. We all heard this two years ago. Right. And it was Tyrod's team for, you know, nine quarters till he took a ding in the head and then was ready to play in week four. And Cleveland was like, no, it's it's over. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's a shame, but he got on the field, which meant he already automatically elevated over you. I just I, I don't know how you can look at this opportunity where you feel your roster does not belong drafting in the top ten and say, We got Tyrod, we're okay, and we moved on from Phillip Rivers and expect people to show up to this brand new facility. Well, granted, whenever it does open, but expect anybody to show up to come see a game there. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, and again, and I think you're with me. It's not a knock on Tyrod. The guy can play. I mean, he's okay. He's a he's a good backup. And, he, and a spot starter, and as he showed in Buffalo, he can win you some games. But, you know, you, you don't get these opportunities that often unless you're the Browns, then you get them like every third year. But to, to draft a guy you think is the – is unless, like I said, Cam is still out there, and, and he's a huge wild card uh, at this point. Um, so unless they're planning on going that route, or, I mean, I guess you could make a case for Jalen Hurts in round two, but round the top of round two has not been kind to most quarterbacks. I think the only one is is Drew Brees, and he's an outlier uh, in that uh, in in that as far as you know going on and being a franchise guy. So yeah, I, 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 you never know. I, God, the NFL draft is unpredictable, and that's one of the things we all love about it. But yeah, I mean, you know, they could play the games without fans in the stadium. This, this year, in which case the Chargers and the Bengals would be, you know, business as usual. But uh, they do need a quarterback <laughs> to play, you know, uh, regardless. And if they or Jordan Love, I mean, Jordan Love's evals are all over the board. So if there could be a team in the top 10 that loves them, maybe it's Chargers. I don't know. Um, but if you force me to pick one, that's the only I, them and quarterback just makes way too much sense this year. Um, yeah, I mean, you can't just say, you know, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, you know, Hunter Henry, Tyrod Taylor, and, you know, well, we drafted a rookie left tackle. It, it just it just doesn't fly for me anyway whatsoever here. We're going to put a bow on this one here, guys. We're going to get a couple uh, more out tomorrow morning uh, kicking up to the draft. Obviously, we'll be in full force here covering everything. You know, we got to have a lot of time here Friday. I'm checking my schedule. I'm actually available Friday. Uh, I'm available all day Friday <laughs> up until we start rounds two and three. I, 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 ironic enough, most of you are as well. Um, and actually, I just got, you know, somebody tweeted here about, you know, why do they still have to start at 8 p.m. Eastern? What else you got going on, guys? Really? Mm -hmm. What else you got going on? <laughs> how about for the parents who've got one and two-year-olds? How about they get to run their little young ones around all day and get them to bed? And then maybe get go ahead and watch and enjoy with the rest of us here. Mine are 12 and 13. They're up till four in the morning right now. I don't care. They're not going to bother me. So I'm not too concerned about that. Um, make sure you're checking, uh, following Stephen at Brown's Mock Draft. Um, again, guys, um, we're all trying to help each other out here. There's simple stuff you can do for Stephen. Obviously, if it's Pandora, you know, if you ain't got it, hey, Pandora's free. So describe, subscribe to the channel, free, Spotify. Um, check out the CDs. I'm not lying about the comedy. I'm not lying about it just because Stephen's a friend of mine. Um, we <laughs> talked ball for years before I actually realized you know, the comedic side of him and what he does with it. And, and trust me, I'm telling you right now, you're married, you got kids, you get it. And we've been trading, you know, texts back and forth here, trying to get each other through it. He gets it. I guess it, you know, 
I said one the other day, I think the walls are closing in. Uh, yes, Jeff, I, I understand. <laughs> I do understand. All of a sudden, 3,500 square feet feels about 800 square feet. And there's just only so many places you can go. Um, where I would suggest if you have an older relative or something, you know, go ahead and be that genuine person and say, look, I've just got to go check in on them. That's just what I got to do. You yeah, got to find your way through here. So, but guys, go ahead, check all that stuff out for Steve. Show itself at Lockdown Browns, all lowercase. Uh, follow back account. DMs are open. Uh, uh, subscribe, rate, review, all that great stuff. You guys will appreciate you for that. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, DMs are open this, over there as well. Um, I don't totally have tomorrow night figured out. Last year, we kind of took it 10 picks at a time here. There's still the possibility of that. Um, I'm also in a house right now with four women, so I got to juggle it the best I can. But we'll get you a bunch of content tomorrow night as everything's going down. Um, with that, this has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.